Look at my butt. Show number 277 of Look at His Butt. LT and JK Talk Trek. Hello, butt people. (laughs) It's a holiday weekend here in the U.S., although people aren't really doing much holidaying because we're still under lockdown for the most part and being careful and wearing our masks and washing our hands and all that stuff. Yeah, but there are places where people are cramming into parties. And also, boy, I am appreciating how soundproof my windows are Mm. because apparently because we are not having official fireworks. You know, the city of Chicago canceled those. Oh, my God. I guess people were just going nuts with their own fireworks. And all, you know, all the things on my neighborhood groups and everything, they're like, well, let's stop. It's 3 a.m. You know, and everything. I didn't hear a thing. Oh, how nice. So very, very lucky on that one. That is wonderful. Well, we hope that you all, wherever you are, you're all safe and that you had an okay weekend and didn't get mm-hmm. blowed up or anything. Yes. <laughs> In fact, um, the, the last time I talked to my one sister right before the 4th, you know, she said, well, we're going out to the farm and, you know, probably set off a few fireworks. I said, okay, don't blow your hands off. You yeah, know? I mean, exactly. That's, that's how it goes. That's how it and goes. And I haven't heard that anybody did, so I guess we're all safe. Okay, good. Very good. We have sort of a theme. We were just talking about how a lot of the news articles that we've been reading lately are themed about the future of Trek. And the future of Trek is happening very soon. So we'll get into that in a moment. But things are happening very quickly. They are. The very first thing, though, that we wanted to talk about was a thing, what you all saw, probably. And it was a Photoshop that was done. And I think the person who posted it is called Art of Co-op. Uh, or maybe it's Coop. I don't know. Okay. But it was posted on Twitter and it was taking Kirk, McCoy, and Spock and sort of gender swapping them so that they look mm-hmm. like women. And they're good, but oh man, the Kirk one is so good. <laughs> uh, he is so cute. So in that. cute. So he's, such a, he's such a cute girl. <laughs> big eyes. Big Big, big eyes. Oh, I know it. And big, like, cheeks. You just want to reach in there and pinch those cheeks? Oh. <laughs> I do, anyway. Now you're sounding like Bill in Impulse where oh. he's talking about her cheeks. Her cheeks. <laughs> pinch those little cheeks. Um, yeah, that was that was pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. But even and more amazing. And people were going, you know, oh, my God, he looks like he's 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The most amazing thing, though, was Bill's response to it. Yes. Because, of course, people, probably a million people showed him this. And his response was short and to the point, which was basically, I do me. And that was awesome. So awesome. I love that. It's a great, it's just classic Bill. Yep. Uh, there, um, go ahead. There were some people who said what you just did, which is like, ooh, Kirk looks like, you know, she's 17 there. And, and mm-hmm. we're kind of uh, trying to make Bill feel bad about that. And he his response was, you do realize I was at least 35 years old when that picture was taken, <laughs> which I thought was an excellent comeback. I thought so, too. I thought Bill handled that so beautifully. Mm-hmm. I'd say that was one of his top two moments on Twitter. Yes, absolutely. The other one being um, when that someone asked him, did he have a model of the Enterprise. Mm -hmm. And he said, you do realize all the Enterprises are models. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God, that's so funny. Uh, You know, sometimes when I look at Bill's Twitter, I I wonder how much of it he's actually doing, you know? Right. And then he does stuff like that, and you're like, yes, that is him sitting there at his phone or whatever. Having fun, yes. But I do me that, you know. I think that should be on his tombstone. (laughs) In fact, I've often wondered what it would be like to do me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Well, you know, he, they certainly joked enough about it in Star Trek six, which was great. I was so happy that they were able to make fun of that particular aspect of uh, his character. So that was also very good. Yeah. Okay. So there's that and, you know, just enjoy it, retweet it. It's really good. It's very fun. So uh, the next Trek thing that's happening is that 
the animated series Lower Decks is happening on August 6th, which is just about mm-hmm. a month from now. So it's going to be on CBS All Access. And I am not sure whether they're dropping them one by one or whether it's going to be all at once. I think it's probably going to be one by one the way they were doing Discovery. But I am excited. And isn't Picard a one by one? Yes, Picard has yeah, been one so by I one. Yeah, so I think also. that's their thing. Mm-hmm. It's going to be funny. It looks really good. It It's the first, I don't know, it feels like... Uh, they're really working hard to make this first foray into this type of media to be mm-hmm. very good, right? Because the last yes. animated Star Trek was the animated series, which was a long, long, long time ago. Mm-hmm. And as they are exploring all these different places where Trek can happen, this could be very strong. If it turns out good, then maybe there will be more. And we saw with the short treks that some of them were great. They were really fun and inventive. So there could be a lot there where we're seeing not just live action Trek, but we're seeing animated Trek as well. And it's all running simultaneously, which would be really good. Um, Speaking of short treks, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize they did 10 of those. And um, they're out on DVD now. Oh, that's right. I saw that they had collected them up to release mm-hmm. them. I, I still think the first ones were better than the second ones, with a couple yeah. of exceptions. Yeah. But more of those, please. I mean, uh, yet, yet <laughs> another way that they could go is just do some short films to go along with the series, you know? Right, Let's except right everything. now they can't do well, anything, yeah. but, you know. Oh, we're excited well. about that. Yes. The, the next new things after that are not going to be till 2021 so that's a little annoying but there we are if we're all still here and have technology and (laughs) very true so here just going day to day you know (laughs) here's a bunch of articles that talk about the future of trek so the first one is about strange new worlds which is the the captain pike show and (laughs) this uh this particular article is in a Thing called Inverse, and it's called mm-hmm. 10 Glorious Star Trek Cameos That Could Happen in Strange New Worlds. So the point is that because it's taking place before TOS, we could see younger versions of any number of characters. And as they say, we're probably not going to get main characters. We're going to get deep cuts and secondary characters or tertiary characters who were in there. And I mm-hmm. think some of these were really interesting. And yeah, you know, it's fan service, but as long as they're not building ridiculous episodes around them, I would take mm-hmm. that kind of fan service. That would work for me. Well, and we sort of touched on this in one of our most recent shows. I don't remember which one about, um, I feel strongly they should follow the TNG pattern, which is don't go to the TS library, mm-hmm. TOS library for at least the first season yeah. and possibly the second. Mm-hmm. Establish yourselves, you know, you've already got number one, Spock and Pike. Mm-hmm. They are established. So put your effort into those three characters and whatever the other characters are, you know, the the engineer, the communications officer, all those roles should not be a young Scotty, a young Uhura. Yeah. Because, you know... Most of them, with the exception of Scotty, would be like in high school if mm-hmm. this is five years prior. Because they always looked very young. Yes, yeah. So, um, you know, focus on that. And, you know, my fear, because so many of these articles we're going to talk about right now, is about, oh, what they could do with this character. And wouldn't mm-hmm. it be cool if this character came in? And how about this? How about this? And I thought, if this just turns into some sappy reunion show, you know? Mm-hmm. That would be bad. That would be bad. But like I said, if they did not touch any of these for the the first year or two, and then maybe if they do it, no more than once a season Mm -hmm. and even less, you know, because maybe by then the characters they're working with are so well established Mm -hmm. that it might even be, you know... Why do it? Unless they've got a really, really good idea. I agree. And that's the problem I see with this. So this article in particular, I'm going to go through these 10 real quick. Okay. So number 10 is Klingons. And to that, I say, no, thanks. We've seen enough Klingons. The next one is Richard Daystrom. Now, this is very interesting because we've heard his name and we've heard about the Daystrom Institute and the TOS episode about him was fantastic. It was. So the... They could do something with him. I think there could be a really good story about him as a slightly younger guy that Mm -hmm. somehow played into it. I know that um, 
Kirk and Spock and everybody, they were not familiar with him when he was on TOS, but he could play a part in the story. So I, I think um, that character you could do a good story with. Um, I think it, Spock was very familiar with his work, and I believe Kirk and, and Scotty had heard of him and knew the Daystrom Institute, yeah. but I don't think they'd ever met him. That's what I mean. It's like, okay. we're not going to see them getting together. Obviously, mm-hmm. he's a famous guy, and he's done all this work on warp cores and stuff. So mm-hmm. I, I think, yeah, they have to play it a certain way. Number yeah. eight, Harry Mudd. No, don't do no. that. Finnegan. No, don't do that. Um, Elizabeth Daner. I, I don't. No, I mean, that, that just seems, why? Why would you do that? Yeah. Um, the Romulan commander, no, because they didn't know about the Romulans then. So. And they point this out in the article, you know, okay. Yeah, and then it's like, oh, how would she appear? She could meet Pike, she could meet number one, and the whole thing could be part of a Section 31 mission. No, don't. No, Please absolutely don't do no. Uh, so one of the Daxes, Audrey Dax, which would be funny, I thought mm-hmm. that the way that they handled one of the previous Daxes having a relationship with McCoy was pretty amusing. I don't Mm -hmm, think they could build a whole story around it, but they could, you know, maybe they would throw that in. That might be fun. Uh, Commodore Decker. Interesting, but anybody you cast as a younger Decker, like how could it compare to his performance to Wyndham's performance? Well, and the thing is, how do you, you know, he's insane in the TOS episode, <laughs> right? True. And yes. I mean, driven mad with grief. Yeah. And with the sense of failure, of having failed these people. Mm-hmm. So how do you backtrack from that? Yeah. I don't know. So, again, unless they could build a really good story, why would you do mm-hmm. it? Why bother? The The number one person on the list I actually think is a good idea and that's Dr. Mbenga who was mm-hmm. in two episodes but I he everybody remembers him right he was interesting yeah. he was smart he had this Vulcan specialty he could easily be added to the crew and you'd mm-hmm. see him once in a while and he would be there and that might be kind of a nice carryover and maybe we could find out more about him so I would approve that one and also because um it's, you know, it's going to sound strange, but since Spock is the only Vulcan aboard when Kirk's there, we can maybe assume he's the only Vulcan aboard under Pike. Yeah. Uh, Mabenga's kind of like his personal physician. Yeah. I mean, nobody else knows Vulcan anatomy like like he does. Yeah. So that could be great. It could be a, mm-hmm. a really interesting thing. So maybe adding him as a regular or a semi-regular could be cool and not mm-hmm. like I wouldn't consider that stunt casting because there's no. not enough about him that's so crazy that they would have to you know shoehorn him in it would be very natural to have him be part of the crew yeah so I approve that one yes I do too and I especially liked your idea about a semi-regular yeah he doesn't have to be in every episode it's fine no okay well we've settled that good as All usual right, good. right on top of things <laughs> They just need to ask us about these things. I know. Okay. Uh, now, let's talk about uh, Picard, the Jean-Luc Picard show with the po- <laughs> the poodles and tutus and stuff. <laughs> the variety hour. Yes. I just love thinking about it like that. <laughs> so last time we talked a bit about some of the ideas that they were having and who was going to come back and that uh, Brent Spiner is probably going to be in it and maybe Frakes will be in it. So now the speculation is, well, who else is going to come back that's going to be in it? And people are asking Gates McFadden if Beverly Crusher is going to come back. And if so, what is her relation going to be like with Jean-Luc Picard? So I don't know how I feel about this. I... I in some ways, I could see it would be good, but in other ways, it's like, do we have to retread all this? Do we have to go through this again? Yeah. Do we have to have, like I said, a TNG reunion yeah. where everybody who is on TNG, when when I was reading in the article and it said what you just said, okay, we've had uh, Riker, we've had Data, we've had uh, Deanna Troy mm-hmm. and um, the uh, the Borg guy, Hugh. Yeah. I was going, that's an awful lot of TNG people. <laughs> it really is. Really, really is. And her relationship with Picard, they kind of wrote that story, didn't they? You know, they talked about how they were attracted to each other and she married Picard's best friend. And then Mm -hmm. over time, they became close platonic friends. And then there was um, the one of many futures that Picard was seeing in um, 
all good things where they had been married and then they weren't married anymore. So we saw a potential future, but that wasn't necessarily the future that was going to happen. So I just adding her as a relationship interest for Picard seems stupid, right? Yeah. Yeah. And if they're going to bring her character back, like make her be responsible and have plot and do things and let's see her in a different place or having grown as another person i don't know yeah but just to bring her back just for the relationship with picard i don't like that i don't think that's yeah a good idea. speaking of relationships with picard i'm kind of surprised that in all these articles and articles like these we've seen very little mention of q yeah that's a good point has anyone asked him whether he'd do it? I bet he'd do it. I bet he'd jump at the chance to do it. I would, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> but, um. I don't know. I mean, he he's, he always, how can I put this, kind of had a thing for Oh, definitely, Picard. yeah. And, uh, and he loved, you know. Sticking it to Riker, you know, needling him. Yeah. Well, as I said, when they were talking about this in the beginning, if anybody's going to end up in a van driving around the galaxy solving crimes, <laughs> it's going to be Picard and Q as an old married <laughs> couple. That is, you know, I still, I, I am in favor of that. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and the, the opening song is on the road again. <laughs> um. One of the things about this particular article that was in, God, this is in Newsweek. Can you believe mm-hmm. it? There are articles about the Picard show in Newsweek. That's so Oh, I've weird. been running across ones in time. And the, the real stunners are when they show up in uh, Popular Mechanics, because <laughs> there was one, and uh, Wall Street Journal. Yeah. <laughs> this article is pretty well written. Here mm-hmm. is the thing that, that I had forgotten about, and I remember reading this, and then I, I immediately tried to forget it, but the original description of Beverly Crusher's character in the casting call said, her appeal to Picard as uh, stemmed partly from her, quote, and this is in the casting call, mm-hmm. natural walk of a striptease queen. Wow. Thanks, Gene Roddenberry. That is yeah, so sex is gross. <laughs> gross and creepy. Oh, my God. Why? Why do we have to describe the female cast members this week? Oh, yeah. just awful, yeah. awful. Gross. Ugh. So, yeah, I forgot that. Thanks for bringing it up again, writer of this article. <laughs> well, it is part of the history. Yeah. Now, you had mentioned, speaking of people named Crusher, that other folks were wondering, wow, will they have Wesley Crusher come back? Well, I read an article, and of course, I could not find it to share it with you. Mm-hmm. But the idea, the headline more or less, was let's bring Will Wheaton back to Star Trek. Mm-hmm. And it talked about the other things he's done. And, you know, he is still very much like a part of the Star Trek fandom. Yeah. Um, and so they weren't focusing too much on Wesley, but the idea that Will should be doing something. Um, and they they did say the big hurdle to overcome is that everybody hated Wesley, and so would you would you bring him back as Wesley, um, or you know could he play something else entirely, or mm. you know maybe a different character? Maybe he'll be on the uh, uh, b- 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 Captain Pike show, yeah, or Section Thirty One show whenever that shows up. Yeah, I mean yes to all those things. I, I think. The the way they wrote his character out of the show by having him go off with that weird kind of creepy traveler guy yeah. implied that we were never going to see him. In his van. Yes, in his <laughs> van, his murder van. Uh, yep. Implied that we were never going to see him again. So if they do bring him back, although he was in one of the movies, he was there at, at uh, the, wedding. the wedding, right? Yep. So he came back somehow. And he you... got an invitation somewhere out in the <laughs> the netherlands of of quantumness uh-huh. and said I'm going to go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he was just bopping around in his TARDIS and the thing the little invitation came through the letterbox. Um that's where he should guess. Yeah. Is on Doctor Who. Oh, I bet he would love that. Uh so I just <laughs> oh, wonder Yeah, oh well, yeah. I wonder what they could do. You know, they would have to have a non-punchable version of Wesley's character. And he's clearly capable of playing 
a very different version. You know, he's a real actor. Mm-hmm. He's done real actory things and he's not 15 years old anymore. So it would be interesting to see what they could do. But again, unless they're going to give him a real role, it would be pointless to just have him pop up. And and be like, hey, look, it's Wesley Crusher all grown up and he has a beard now. Wow. And it would be, it would have to be a time travel episode, right? If he's going to be in Strange New Worlds. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he's going to be in Picard, it's something else. Yeah. So who knows? I I think he seems pretty happy being involved in the way that he is now. Mm -hmm. You know, he hosts the uh, Picard after show. And he's good. I've watched a bunch of those. And uh, he's very, you know, high energy in the way that you need to be to do those things. So who knows? I am sure that if they asked him, he would do it because it seems like Basically, if they asked anybody to come back to um, Picard from the TNG cast, they would definitely do it. It's going to be hard. I think with Brent Spiner and with Frakes and and Marina Sirtis, they set the bar pretty high for what it would mean to bring them back in a meaningful way, especially for Brent Spiner and doing like Data's story arc was just so good. Mm -hmm. So, So... I, I, in a way, I feel confident that they would take the time and the care to do it right. But you just wonder, you know, are, are they going to cave to people's expectations and desires and, and think, wow, we got to keep this momentum going. Let's try to put as many people in there as possible. I don't know. Well, that's just it. I think they really need to to pick these very, very carefully. Yeah. And based not so much on, oh, what character would I like to see, based on what story can we develop? Yeah, agreed. What what, what would be meaningful? Mm-hmm. And to that point, uh, there's another article that's called, Why a Prequel About Worf Should Be the Next Star Trek Series. Yeah. <laughs> and, you know, it's like... I think the article is well laid out what they could do with him as a character, but is he that interesting? Well, and I think the Worf thing fits into this idea of people's fascinations with the Klingons. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I don't know. I never, never, ever got into the Klingon says, ooh, let's see more. And I know a lot of people were like that about the Vulcans. We've got to see more Vulcans <laughs> and go to Vulcan and see that world and everything. But here's the thing. Uh, the article recapped Worf's history, some of which I knew and some of which I didn't or mm-hmm. had forgotten. And I'm going, <laughs> so he was raised by humans. Yeah. So what is this thing with abandoned or orphaned alien kids being raised by humans and all i can think is especially in the case of Worf, because you know we weren't buddies with the klingons at that point that strikes me as a um uh elian gonzalez type incident and that uh, you know all the diplomats would be involved and the klingons demanding the return of this child Mm. and certainly since he's a full klingon the Federation doesn't have a, a leg to stand on. Mm, I don't even remember. I like I, that episode was on actually fairly recently where his parents, mm-hmm. his adoptive parents came on the mm-hmm. Enterprise and it was pretty funny. They played it for a yeah. Um But I don't even remember the circumstances that surrounded them, him living with humans other than... Uh, you know, they had all those episodes on TNG about his heritage and how his father was mm-hmm. disgraced, but he wasn't really. And then it turned out that, you know, Worf was very highly placed and all of that stuff. And maybe it was that uh, they were just trying to protect him from um, being killed because his his family was not, his family had been disgraced. And Well, his, uh, according to that article... It said his parents were killed at Kittimer. Mm-hmm. So that's um, in the Star Trek six time period, right? Unless yeah. Kittimer had a number of incidents we don't know about. No, no, that that was it. Uh, but his his story was so complicated. But the one thing about Worf, though, for me personally, mm-hmm. was that, you know, he was interesting on TNG and they really got into a lot of this Klingon stuff and he got better over time. I thought he was the best that he was when he was on Deep Space Nine because mm. he was in a much more uh, 
equal relationship with the people there. He wasn't just the security officer, right? Mm -hmm. He he was doing stuff. And he had this really great relationship with Dax. And he was just more. Like, Mm -hmm. I would be much more interested in seeing who he became rather than who he was going all the way back. You know, he's a much more interesting guy later in his life. Well, and from all that we've just discussed about him and, you know, the expressions, ex- explorations they've done of his past if they did a prequel what are they going to do show us the stories we already know Mm -hmm. throw in major stuff that would have made him into an entirely different person yeah really what's the point no that's that's excellent that is exactly right there there's no like you're right where are they going to go that we haven't been already that Mm -hmm. wouldn't change who he becomes eventually yep so i'd rather see Worf. Be in Picard as the the latter day Klingon that he's become after all this time has gone by and he's highly placed in the Empire or whatever mm-hmm. he's doing now. I think that would be far more interesting. Yeah. You know, I'm thinking about Picard and how he's on this mission that apparently is not um, approved or sanctioned by Starfleet or the Federation or anything. It would be interesting if one of the returning characters who has moved up in rank, which could quite possibly be Worf, uh, is sent after him. And so he's not on board with the go John Luke thing. Mm-hmm. That I mean, would... have, they done, have they done anything like that yet? I don't think so. That would be good. That mm-hmm. would be very good. Yeah, I mean, they're not... One doesn't get the impression that the Federation is real happy to have Jean-Luc gallivanting around with his crew of, uh, you know, ragtag outsiders righting wrongs wherever they go. So I hope that that is a big part of season two is all that conflict, because that would be very good. And I hope that's where they go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, did we already talk about, see, we're doing so many shows now, I lose track, <laughs> about the the one person we really, really, really want to see is Shelby. We did mention that last okay. time. All right. And yeah, I, I've actually seen that floated in a couple of places. I have too. Yeah. Which would be great. And uh, the actor, Elizabeth Denny, I follow her on Twitter now, and mm-hmm. she's very much still acting and teaching and doing all sorts of things. So, uh, and she looks amazing, actually. She doesn't look like she's aged a day, which is <gasps> oh, goody. pretty I'm cool. I'm going to have to go look for that. Yeah. Uh, so that would be awesome if they could get her back. Oh, that, yes. See, that would be a story. That would be such a story yeah what happened to her where'd she go where did she go she was so ambitious Mm -hmm. she had so many plans she wanted to do so much she was the alexander hamilton of tng (laughs) she really was there were a million things she hadn't done but she was just just, you wait wait. Yeah, that would be good. See, and that for me wouldn't be stunt casting at all. That would be taking a really good plot point out of TNG, an interesting character who we should have seen more of, Mm -hmm. and bringing her up to date and letting us see what a person like that would be like in this this new Star Trek Federation universe. That would be awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, let's take our break, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to talk about uh, more... Strange New World stuff. Yes. Space, a final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Listeners, we would love to hear from you. Send us email at lookathisbutt at gmail.com or look us up on Facebook and leave us a comment. Tell us your Trek news.
okay, we're doing the show now. We're back from all of our things. And now we're going to talk about those two articles that we said we were going to talk about. <laughs> about what is going to happen with Strange New Worlds and Picard, etc. And Discovery, too, because and that is going to come back eventually. We are actually following our plan. So the first one is called... New Star Trek has lost what made the show so great. And this was, as you say, in Screen Rant, uh, the subhead, in the bleakness of Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery, modern Star Trek has forgotten Gene Roddenberry's optimistic philosophy. There have been a couple of articles like this, and I feel mm-hmm. like we talked about one a couple episodes ago. Okay. But we're going to pair this with the, the other side of the coin, okay. which was published more recently. So I read this, and um, I... <sighs> I agree with some of the things, but mm-hmm. I also disagree with some of the things that are in here. What do you think? Well, you know, I reread it before we started recording. And the whole, I don't know, first third or something is just a recap of Roddenberry's vision. He was a humanist. This is what Star Trek was. And so you have to scroll down a bit before you get to uh, why they feel it's lost. It's lost. It's lost mm-hmm. that. And you and I talked about this when uh, Discovery first came on, mm-hmm. that we really were afraid it was turning to the dark side. Or, mm-hmm. you know, that that's what it had decided to explore. I mean, it started with um, Burnham killing her captain, and then we spent the whole season in the Mirror Universe. Mm-hmm. And... um. And after that, you know, there was the angel, and it's almost like they're trying to make a very long extended movie. Mm-hmm. And, but they haven't really planned a movie. But anyway, the whole thing is that there's such a, there's so much darkness, you know, so much things are not what they should be, that it really does beg the question of, this is a prequel to TOS and only five years before? Yeah. You know, that it, those sort of transitions in society generally take a little longer. Mm-hmm. So Yeah, I, I think that's true. But I, I think from my point of view, we need to take all that continuity stuff and just boot it out the window. Because it's not. It's I mean, they kept saying it was, and that is supposed to be the context of it, but it's not. It They can't make it work. There was no way that they could make it work. So I almost feel like what we saw of Discovery was taking place in a different part of the galaxy, far, far away from mm-hmm. the TOS stuff that we knew. And that's okay, and we should just stop worrying about it. Because I, it was making me crazy for a while until I finally went, okay, this is stupid. I'm I'm getting too obsessed with the fact that it mm-hmm. isn't the same thing. And the themes that they chose to deal with are obviously much more reflective of the way we feel about things now. I mean, you know, when I look at TOS and, you know, I was only a child at the time, the 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 optimism to me very much reflects you know, the Kennedy administration, yes. right? Like, like this was going to be when we finally got things right and we did things and we were making progress and the civil rights movement was happening. And there was a lot of really positive stuff that felt like the world was changing in yes. a big way, but positively, like it was going to be positive despite things like the Vietnam War that was going on. And it doesn't feel like that now. I It just feels yeah. like, how can you make exactly the same thing and I think for Strange New Worlds as well it's not going to be the same unfettered optimism of TOS or the sort of corporate optimism of TNG Mm -hmm. it can't be because that will feel won't it be dated it'll just feel really dated well how much of what we're seeing now do you feel is a product of the way things are now, which you just described, and a product of that almost all the science fiction we see is very dark. And starting about year, year and a half ago, maybe, um, all the, the science fiction new books that come out are very much about, okay, civilization is over. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, it really is 
you know, a small group, one person discovers they're the savior, you know, that sort of thing. But how do each of these factors play together, do you think? It's um, partly the experiences that the writers and producers have had. Mm, Yeah. I, I think that plays into it a lot. So for the people who are writing and producing Star Trek, obviously they were trained and grew up on episodic television and that very much influenced how they felt that the series should play out, but also a very specific version of uh, fiction, but also science fiction at that time, which was not exclusively focused on optimism about the future, Mm -hmm. but still presented the feeling that we could be doing a lot more. And the past 20 years of science fiction has been very dystopian. I mean, I I am hard pressed to think of a lot of science fiction, popular science fiction, especially Mm -hmm. that that was about optimism and where we could go and feeling like the good guys were going to win in the end. I mean, it's just not the way people have experienced that kind of media, either in books or in television or in movies. Mm -hmm. You know, when you think about the most popular science fiction movies, they tend to be very action adventure mm-hmm. uh, with a lot of darkness in them mm-hmm. and not always with the, the good guys winning, you know? Right. So I, I think all of those things come together. It's very hard to separate them. Well, thinking back on TOS, what just struck me is many of the episodes, not all of them, were the Enterprise uh, on their exploration mission it was more of an exploration mission, and mm-hmm. they were discovering things. They were meeting new societies, and they were still learning a lot mm-hmm. of things and realizing that the part of the galaxy they knew about was actually pretty small potatoes compared to mm-hmm. what's out there. And so we got to see the. that's how we, we learned a lot about these characters, as we saw them meet these things. What were their reactions? What did they think needed to be done? What did they take away from it? Mm-hmm. Um, in... Discovery, it seems to me that discovering is the least of what they do. Um, But it's also, like I said, they're making this movie. They have this very uh, specific goal, I guess, to find out what's going on with the angel and all these other things. And anything they meet or encounter is sort of a sideline. It's it's part of the Mm. the journey to Mm -hmm. that. And, of course, now... God knows what's going to happen now that they're, I don't know, another 600 years ahead. So it's interesting to me that they took two seasons to go there. (laughs) And I'm getting the feeling that that's where they wanted to be. So why was it the first show, this ship just being thrown forward (laughs) and no way of getting back? Um, It'll be interesting to see where it goes. That is all true. You know, as you're describing it, I'm also thinking about the shape of the series, right? So Mm -hmm. the Enterprise in TOS and in TNG as well, didn't have a a end destination, right? right? They were just supposed to skate around the galaxy doing stuff and finding things out. But that was never the case for Discovery. No. Really? Because... Well, there was the war. There was a war and they were having to fight in the war. And then there was Lorca who had his own agenda. So he was going to keep them from just bopping around Mm -hmm. and investigating and exploring things. And in season two, they had this whole other mission with the angel and trying to find out what was going on with Spock. So again, they were never on a mission of discovery, Mm -hmm. even though this show is called Discovery, in the same way that the Enterprise was in the previous series. So they, they didn't have the opportunity to be that way. And if they did encounter new life and new civilizations, as you say, it was just sort of accidental. It was mm-hmm. on the way to doing whatever they were doing. It wasn't the, the purpose of what they were doing. And it seems like Strange New World is going back to that, that there isn't a, an end destination. It's just, let's go out there and see what we yeah. can find. Um, It'll be interesting to see how this plays out in the uh, Pike show. But in one of the pro fix, um, the five-year mission that Kirk and company are on, that is Mm -hmm. the first five-year mission. Mm -hmm. So, you know, that had to be planned as much as such a thing can be planned well in advance 
But the mission was, you know, to seek out strange new worlds and life forms <laughs> and everything. Um, yeah. In, in fact, there was reference in this fiction or maybe in a, a, another one about Kirk wanted that. He wanted that mission and so did everybody else. You know, so that sort of changes things, too, because maybe up until then they were all on specific errands or missions with a set point, an end point. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, it's, a, it's a different outlook, right? And requires a different kind of captain for the mm -hmm. ship. Well, it I also think. requires a different overall uh, setting. Because mm -hmm. when there's a war on and all this other stuff, to go on a mission of discovery and learning is a luxury you do not have. Mm -hmm. So um, now that uh, the discovery is, is way far in the future, I don't know. Or maybe we're going to rely on the Picard show to show us, not the Picard show, the Pike show, to show us how this moves from okay, we're at war and all these weird things are happening into, okay, things have settled down and let's go on a scientific learning mm -hmm. mission. Yeah, yeah. You know? I, I think that that, now I'm, I'm really reviewing all of the Trek series in my mind. Uh -huh. and, and it was really only um, TOS and TNG that were set up explicitly that way, right? Mm -hmm. Because Deep Space Nine was not going anywhere and they, you know, <laughs> yeah. stuff was coming to them, but then there was a war and they were involved in it. Voyager, they had one goal, which was to get back. Mm -hmm. And then whatever happened in Enterprise and happened, I don't know about that, but um, the, they haven't had a series where it was just about exploration mm -hmm. since TNG. So yep. this is the opportunity to bring it back in Strange New Worlds and they could do it in Picard. But I don't know. Do they want to have two series running at the same time where it's about that the same thing? It seems like they would not want to do that. I don't well, know. the Picard series is not episodic. And, you know, there, there is this, this overall arch, at least to, arc, to the, uh, the first season. And it's, you know, it's Picard and <laughs> his ragtag whatevers um, trying – to correct things they see as, as needing correction. It really mm -hmm. is not a Starfleet-oriented show. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, I mean, they are. They're outside of Starfleet. So right. it's, how are they, they going to interface with Starfleet? Right. So their journey, again, it might be that, you know, well, whatever we encounter, like this planet where everybody's androids, um, is, is part of this exploration they're doing to solve the problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas I'm thinking if Pike is going to be more like TOS, it's like, okay, where are we going? Or we need to deliver this medicine, so let's go there. You know, the type of stuff mm -hmm. TOS did a lot of. I'm just, I'm trying to like imagine, uh, well, I don't know. I think Strange New Worlds, hopefully they'll stick with the exploration theme for that. Mm -hmm. With Picard, because as you say, it's not episodic. Maybe they can work some of that in there. And then I think all bets are off with Discovery because who the hell knows what's going to happen, you know, 600, 900 years in the future. No one knows. And do they anything. ever come back? I mean. Uh, yeah. Do they? Or do we care? <laughs> <laughs> or is it all just going to be 900 years in the future yeah. from now on? I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. I wonder what Lower Decks is going to be like. I mean, I know it's a comedy, but. Is there going to be some overarching plot for that? Or is it just going to be hijinks as they go from one place to another? I think hijinks. I'm in favor of hijinks. I could use some. <laughs> that would be good. Send some hijinks over. Um, yeah. At one point I was thinking, are we going to see what's going on in the lower decks during specific episodes? Which oh. might be an interesting thing to do. Not as the whole show. Right. But, right. you know... What what's what's going on down there while um I don't know Khan is taking over the ship or yeah. <laughs> you know oh, yeah, or during yeah. the triple thing you know mm -hmm. which is a comic episode anyway mm -hmm. it's going to be fun to see what that's about I really hope it's good I really hope it's I good. hope so too well 
this so there's another article yes. uh, that's called why strange new worlds is the show star trek and the world needs right now and this is sort of the counterpart to what we've been talking about and um the point of this article which is about the positivity that there could be in strange new worlds basically says a lot of what we were just talking about that going back to the episodic nature and coming back to what they're calling uh Classic Star Trek values is going to be a good thing. And I, I think it, you know, for people who are expecting it to be TOS all over again, it's not. It can't be. It can't be exactly the same as it is. But if they are doing, as we were just talking about, with exploration, that puts a whole different spin on what they they can do. So... It, it's the opportunity, right, which they just haven't had in these other series to take that kind of approach to what the plots are going to be. Well, it's also it's sort of, um, for me, spinning off of the headline, and the world needs right now, mm-hmm. is if it is exploration, and they are, you know, uh, seeking out new worlds and new civilizations and meeting aliens and learning um, the the different ways these aliens think and do things and all that and not being hostile towards them. Mm-hmm. Um, in that way, it is very much what the world do, needs right now because we are all, I mean, as a nation right now, our, our direction is everybody who's not us should die. Or, mm-hmm. you know, should be killed or should be, something should be done. They need to be locked up. They're not us. And uh, so this is, you know, the opposite of that. Like you said earlier, uh, TOS was the Kennedy era. Mm-hmm. And uh be interesting to see what happens here. I do, I do agree that it would be um, absolutely lovely to watch a Star Trek that didn't require me to completely reset my brain. Every time I look at it, you know, I mean, it's called Star Trek, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's like the opposite. If it walks like a duck and quacks like a duck, it's a duck. Mm-hmm. It's like, even though this doesn't walk like a duck or quack, we're still saying it's a duck, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I also want a series where I don't have to try to remember what happened the previous <sighs> week or the previous six episodes in yes. order to understand what's going to happen because I'm too old for that now. So. Well, and I've said before, that was my problem, although I watched it loyally with Game of Thrones, mm-hmm. is, you know, two or three years ago by and some character would show up and I could tell from the way it was filmed mm-hmm. that I'm supposed to go, oh my God, I thought he was dead and I don't have a clue who he is. <laughs> and I'd have to read up on it the next day, you know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh in thinking about how they're going to handle all these situations, you know, I, I wonder if they're going to spend more time on Federation building, because that was a big part of TOS, uh-huh. was bringing new civilizations into the Federation. And that would be very interesting and cool mm-hmm. um, to do there. And I also wonder if they're going to try to do more obvious parallels with what's happening now. You know, mm-hmm. some of the best Star Trek TOS episodes were very much just taking the current situation, whether it was racism or the Vietnam War or, you know, lots of current things mm-hmm. and, and just transplanting it into TOS. And that would be cool and refreshing if they did that, you know, yeah. where it wasn't so obscure that you really couldn't tell what they were talking about. If they made it very, very sharply pointed, that would be neat. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Yeah. So I'd like to see that. Um. And to put the capper on all this was this great article <laughs> that you found, which was on a uh, website called Fanside. Wait, I and... want to just point out one thing about oh, the sure. article we're talking about before we move on. Um, uh-huh. We'll put in the link. But the picture at the top of the article is hilarious because it's uh, Pika number one and Spock. Mm-hmm. But they're all smiling sort of stupidly. And... <laughs> It's not at all like the picture, well, the tummy roll picture where Kirk's in the seat and everybody's gathered mm-hmm. around him and they look very, you know, official, very Starfleetish. Here, um, number one is like leaning on the captain's I chair know. with this, yeah, here I am. And even uh, Spock is, you know, leaning in like to be part of the picture or whatever. And it's like, okay, I guess we abandoned characterization <laughs> for this picture and just said, cheese. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's exactly what I thought when I looked at that. I laughed and laughed because they very clearly told her, like, go sit on the side of the captain's chair and pose like yeah. you're in a, a 1950s magazine or something. Yep. And yeah, they all look uh, like, yes, this this is our uh, our pinup. This is our pinup photograph. Mm-hmm. It is very amusing. I will put that, in fact, in in the show notes for this because it did amuse me quite a bit. Ethan Peck looks a little embarrassed, I have to say. (laughs) Really? I thought we were going to be professional. Okay. Um, So here, this great article called, It's Time to Put Jonathan Frakes in Charge of All Star Trek, (laughs) which I love. Like, way to take a stand, right? Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, I, I totally agree. I agree, too. I read this article. And I went, yep, you're right, you're right, you're right. Because mostly it's talking about what a crappy job mm-hmm. other people are doing with it. Because well, they keep trying to make Star Trek be like whatever their last project was. And, you know, the J.J. universe, which had no understanding of not only what who Kirk was, but what a hero is. Oh, yeah, for sure. That was the best thing about this that I liked was mm-hmm. really the slam on Abrams. Of course I liked it. Yeah. Uh, Frakes knows, quote from the article, Frakes knows that when people show up for Star Trek, they don't want beastie boys in classic cars. Yes. They want debates, controversial decisions with no clear right answer. They want characters fighting against themselves as much, if not more than any alien being. They want the foundation Trek was based on, not 90s rock, motorcycles, and lens flares. <laughs> <laughs> lens flares. I love that. I thought that was You great. know what I think should happen, though? Uh-huh. In one of these series, there should be like a big lens flare and somebody falls over dead. <laughs> I mean, that can be the enemy of the week is lens flares. That would be good. I, I would enjoy that. It could be like how the crystalline entity got started. It started as a little lens flare and then or, it just grew. Or maybe grew. it's, you know, they're doing some strange experiment in lower decks. Mm. And it's like lens flare, and somebody drops over dead, and they're like, "Uh oh, this is out of control." <laughs> <laughs> what are we gonna do? Don't tell the captain, you know? Uh, yeah, that'd be good. I like that. I okay. like that very much. We sort of uh, sidetracked there, but that, some of our best okay. stuff is sidetracked. This is a funny article. I, I was reading over, it and there were—I just keep finding good quotable things. He's, the article is written by a man named Chad Porto. Hi, Chad. Yeah. And he says Star Trek is balancing on the edge of that same Star Wars line themselves, <sighs> making ill-advised decisions like putting Jean-Luc Picard into an android's body that will still die. <laughs> I actually agree with that. Yes. Um, that is the peak of Mount Stupid Ideas. Oh, look, a Star Wars flag is here. Guess Trek wasn't the first up this mountain. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I that too, the, the whole thing. In fact, I was watching, um, gosh, oh, I was watching the episode of TNG where uh, Data's mom was in it. So, oh, yeah, okay. Know, do you remember that episode? Yes, yeah. vaguely, so it, and vaguely, it turned, but yeah. So it turns out she's an android too, of mm, course. Yes. And it was the first one where I think we, we finally met Dr. Sung, which was interesting. And as I was watching it, I was like, oh, so the body that his mom was in and the whole thing where they put her into that was exactly the same thing they did with Jean-Luc Picard. Mm. So that wasn't even an original idea. They just sort of resurrected that idea and that made me feel a little bit cheated like if you were a star trek fan and you watched that episode Mm -hmm. of picard there was no surprise at all because you knew that it had been done by these same people and it could easily be done again so there was no uh suspense about picard's death i mean there was no suspense about his death anyway but Mm -hmm. even less because this was an established thing in star trek canon anyway it still annoys me as you can tell so i'm just going to stop talking about that now (laughs) uh but i agree that uh jonathan frakes would be a really good guy to Put in charge. As the article says, uh, he understands the universe, the characters, the way to make the shows, and the way to frame the conversations. He wouldn't just shoehorn ideas into the series or make up reasons to slam nostalgia down the fans' throats. He knows fans want new stories, new adventures, and new characters, not three Spocks. <laughs> 
so I, I think they would do well to bring him more into this. I mean, assuming that that's what he wants to do, you know, if yeah. he wants his future to be sort of bound up in the future of Star Trek. But you can tell, I could tell certainly when I was watching the episodes that he had directed, it just seemed like he had such a sure hand mm-hmm. guiding it and he knows how to direct TV. The episodes moved along. They had economy of storytelling. Mm-hmm. The characters felt really real. Like he just knows how to handle this stuff in the way that I think some other directors maybe are overwhelmed when it's right. Star Trek. And he's not, he's not overwhelmed at all. He's like, yeah. I know this. I can I'm do home. This. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it would be a lot to handle because there are what now four or five series when yeah. you count all the things in development that we know are in development. So mm-hmm. maybe he'd be, you know, like the executive producer. He might choose to occasionally direct an episode, write an episode and stuff. But he, to me, has all the experience, as you just pointed out, which is great. And he also understands the vision. Yeah. And he also understands actors. Yeah, that's a big one. And a really big one. Like you said, so many of these... In many ways, they're kind of like what old-fashioned science fiction was, and I remember learning this somewhere, that in science fiction, the idea is the protagonist. Mm -hmm. And it's like the characters are there to serve the idea. And why would an actor want to play that? Mm -hmm. Nope, totally agree. It it is, it's the difference in how you approach it right mm-hmm. you have to you have to put the actors first because they are the ones who are telling the story right not just showing what's happening in the story yep so yep i'm in favor mm-hmm. and if they don't want to put him in charge of absolutely everything i do want him definitely in charge of strange new worlds yeah that would be good mm-hmm. and i think he could be in charge of it and direct a bunch of it and be in it all at the same time he can handle that oh yeah he's tall and um the, unlike uh picard he's not 80 years old or however That's old true. he is you know so we we can hopefully expect a few more years out of him and yeah. and yeah. hopefully he will continue to be tall I think he will be. I, I think it's too, he's gone too far down that path. To yeah, go back. that's true. That's true. <laughs> so good. Well, another thing that we've settled, I'm glad. Yes. Uh, we're able to make sense out of these things. So listeners, tell us what you think about all this stuff. Oh, and before we go, I just want to mention that we did uh, another watch along. Yes, with, I was just going to say that. Some of our, our listeners, we uh, watched a bad episode of Columbo that Bill was in, and um, it was super fun to do it. I mean, oh, even yeah. though it wasn't a good episode, it was very much fun. And we're going to continue to do these things because they are good and they are free, and it is a really good way to, you know, for our, our community to sort of stay together. I like it. Yeah. And uh, the other thing coming up is Bill, I believe it's next weekend, yes, is doing correct. another one of those uh, virtual con appearances. Yes, Galaxy. And it's free. Mm-hmm. You know, it's totally free unless you want to do a private one-on-one chat with him for a few minutes or something. But if, if all you want to do is sign in, listen in, type in a question and hope he'll answer it, it's free. It's free and we'll be there and we we'll be talking be about it afterwards. Yeah, yeah, it'll be super fun. So, so there's hope- so much going on. There is. And then um, San Diego Comic-Con at home is coming up soon. And it's very likely that there will be some Trek content there. Yes. I, I haven't checked to see what there is, but I, I there always is. So I, I have to assume that there's going to be some stuff. Who knows? Maybe there'll even be some Discovery stuff because we haven't heard hardly anything. Yeah. Um, but, um We'll post stuff, so you know, keep checking the Facebook page and then stuff on Twitter as well, where we'll try to keep you up to date. Yeah. So I think that's it. Anything else we need to say before? We no, we we got, we got through quite a bit, and I believe this is our first sort of theme show. It is, of, yeah. you know, wither Star Trek, you know, that sort of thing. <laughs> um, but there have been so many articles. Um, with different points of view on, on all these things. And so we, we wanted to bring them all together and discuss them. So we yeah, did. 
for sure. Good work, us. So, yeah, <laughs> we did it. Yay. So thanks, listeners, as always, for uh, being there and for keeping us going. We love to hear from you. We love to interact with you. People post such funny stuff on the Facebook page. It really oh, makes yes. Yes, 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 yes. It's really good. And yeah, try to join us for the next watch along, probably in, I don't know, a couple weeks or something. Yeah. We'll, did, we'll pick... did we decide what we're doing or have an idea? Yes. We're going to do uh, Bill on Game Shows. Oh, right. Yes. Oh, my God. Do not miss that. We have to we have to source some of these things because they're hard to find these mm-hmm. videos, but we will find them and we'll we'll try to put together a couple of things that we can watch, especially as longtime listeners will remember when Bill was on Beat the Clock. Yes. That was the most amazing thing ever. So we, we gotta get a copy of that. And also when he was on twenty thousand dollar pyramid. Oh yes, having a fit. And uh, a huge tantrum. And I've got a secret goes way back. That's even older yeah. than uh, Beat the Clock. That's right. That was when he was just a young man in New York. On Broadway. uh, On Broadway, being handsome and wearing a tuxedo. Mm -hmm. Very good stuff. Yes. (laughs) Look forward to that. Yes, lots to look forward to. All right. Well, thanks, listeners. We'll see you soon with another show. And until the next time, live live long and potluck.